Praise God. Jesus is Lord. Amen. So uh, go with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, you're going to say it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy. Stop. Surely goodness, goodness and mercy follows me today. Right here. Right now, say it, surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Every time you open up your Bible and you read the word of God, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your vitamins are not enough to get you through. Your great food that the internet told you to eat is not enough to get you through, even though that's good for you. But he said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you have time to eat physically, you have time to eat spiritually. If you don't think you have time to eat spiritually, open your Bible while you are eating physically because that is a need that you attend to every day that you don't let slip by because food gives you energy. Food gives you stamina. And so you open the word of God to give you spiritual stamina. If all you do is live on your physical whatever, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're doing to yourself physically, you are not living. You are not living in the fullness that God has provided. 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes whatever is born of God. Are you born of God? How many of you have asked Jesus in your heart? How many of you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life? Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. For whatever is born of God, that's you. Overcomes this world and whatever this world brings against you. The Bible says that the devil is the God of this world, but he's not the God of you. Because you are not of this world. You're of the, the heavenly kingdom. Amen. Colossians 1 says you have been delivered. You have been not going to be not trying to be. Colossians 1 says you have been delivered from the power of darkness. And translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the world that you're a part of. You are a part of light world. You are no longer a part of dark world. You have received a job transfer. Amen. Amen. You are no longer in Orlando. You are in Chicago speaking. Not really. That's probably many people don't want to go to Chicago, but he has. Thank you, Tracy. You rock. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has. Everybody say, I have been. I have been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom 
of the son of his love. That's the kingdom you live in. You live in the son of his love's kingdom. You live in the light kingdom. You live in the God kingdom. And so this is the victory. First John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even your faith. Everybody say, my faith. It's my faith that overcomes the world, right? Jesus said to everyone, almost everyone in the New Testament, more so than he did not, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What do you want from me? They told him. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What do you want from God this morning? He's saying to you, according to your faith, be it unto you. Blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? I want you to heal my grandmother. He knew what he wanted, but he still asked, what do you want me to do? He had to hear himself say it. I want to receive my sight. He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Well, obviously he did because he kept shouting and shouting, son of David, stop, hear me, right? And son of David, stop. When you cry out with the intent and the, the end of your heart and you're seeking God, he'll stop in his tracks and you'll say, what do you want me to do for you? Amen. And you're going to tell him, and he's going to say, according to your faith, be it unto you. This is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the only victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. You, you got saved by faith. He put faith in front of you to grab when the gospel was presented to you. He has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that same faith that he put in front of you when you received Jesus, it is still there and in much greater capacity as you grow it. How do you grow it? By eating the word of God. The word of God, the words of God are full of faith and they're full of power. So go to Hebrews 1, 3. Hebrews 1, 3. I think it's Hebrews 1, 3. Hebrews 1, 3. And we went over this last week um, and some of it this week. Hebrews 1 thing. Who be in the brightness of his glory. Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Who be in the brightness of his glory. God's glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything that you're sitting on, everything that's in your life is this world, this earth, this planet, the sun, the moon, the stars. Everything right now is being upheld by the word of his power. If he lets that word go, we're in trouble. Everything in your life is being upheld by the word of his power. When he had himself, it's interesting that he put that in there. When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus is very much connected by him upholding all things by the word of his power. So that's very important in our own life. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. <clears throat> Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence. Everybody say faith is substance. Faith is substance. Jesus said it was. If you don't think it is, then you're calling Jesus a liar. But he called faith a substance. Faith is the substance of what? Of what you're hoping for. Are you hoping for anything? Then you can get it. If you're hoping for something, you can get it. If you're not hoping for anything, you're going to get exactly what you hope for. Nothing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
Don't put the pressure on people in your hopes. Right. Don't put the pressure on people. That's good. Put the pressure on the word of God. Amen. He said he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't try to make people fulfill those desires for you. Amen. You may want a person to fulfill this desire for you, but it's time for every one of us to grow up in God and say, no longer do I put the pressure on this person or people. God, I put the pressure only on your word. Amen. You said I can have what I say. You said that you'll give me the desires of my heart. I release pressure from people. Put the pressure on the word. Now faith is the substance. It is substance. It is a tangible thing from the fourth dimension of things what you hope for. It is evidence of things that you can't see. Verse 3, by faith we understand. I don't understand. Stop saying I don't understand. Jesus just said, by faith, you understand. Well, I don't know how I understand. It doesn't matter how you understand. You're not just this little soul and this mind walking around. You are a spirit. You have a soul and a mind, and you live in a body. And so you didn't understand everything there was about Jesus. You weren't there when he died, when he rose from the dead. But something about when someone presented the gospel to you, faith was there. And you're like, okay, maybe I don't understand everything, but I do believe. Somehow, I don't know how I believe, but I believe. And it's the same faith that's going to get you the things you need to go through this life. He would not give you the spirit of God and then say, okay, now you've got the most powerful thing. And, you know, I raised you from the dead too. I raised from the dead. Now you have received me. And now we have to trudge through life. And it's got to be horrible. That's not the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to go from glory to glory. Amen. By faith, we understand that the worlds, worlds, planets, hey, there may be some other worlds out there. Yes. The kingdoms. Yeah. But Psalm says that the earth he gave to the children of men. Yeah. So there are no other men or humans made in his image on any of those other planets or worlds. There might be aliens. But they ain't men. Because the <laughs> psalm said the earth he gave to the children of men. There's only one world that he gave to the children of men, and that's this earth. Amen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. So that the things which are seen, the chairs, your skin, people that are around you, the stage, the things that you can see were not made of things which you can see. This chair did not make this chair. Even a tree did not make a tree. Even a seed did not make a seed. It started from somewhere. It came from the unseen into the seen. Everything came out of that fourth dimension, that unseen realm, into the third dimension. That fourth dimension, that unseen realm is more powerful and is more alive and more real than this realm because that realm made this realm. And so when you start looking at, you know how many times I've stared at this verse? Amen. By faith, what are you looking at? By faith, we understand that the worlds are framed. If the world, if this world was framed by the word of God, then my world can be framed by the word of God. Amen. The word of God in my life. Why? Well, how can you know that you can frame your own world? Well, I'm glad you asked. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, I think. I may have to back you up. Tracy, but I don't know. Genesis chapter 1. There we go. You rock. She is so fast. Let us make man, God said. Let us make man. Who? Jesus and Holy Spirit were with him. Who's he talking to? His son. 
made the world. John chapter 1 says nothing was made that wasn't made unless it was made by Jesus. So Jesus made the world and the Spirit of God helped him. God didn't. God sat up on his throne and he said Jesus made it and the Holy Spirit hovered. I don't know how it all worked, but they all three made it in one sense. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have, so he made you like him. So if he made you like him, then your world can be framed by the word of God in your life, by your words. You'll always lose if you're silent by default. I mean, you may not be saying bad things, but you may not be saying anything. You need to say something good. Jesus said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He didn't just think about the light. He actually, after he thought about it and he planned it in his mind, he said it. Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In Psalms 8, it says the same thing. It says, you have dominion over everything that passes through the paths of the sea, over a creeping thing, over everything on the earth. You have dominion because Jesus gave you dominion. He gave this earth to the children of men. Yeah. Now, Satan is the God of this world, but he's not your God. Amen. Jesus is your God. Jesus is your Lord. And you dominate him. You dominate him. And if you have never heard this in your life, you need to get in the scriptures and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all the way to the end of Revelation and find out how to dominate the devil. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil. It says, submit to God first. Can't resist the devil if you're playing with the devil. If you're playing with the devil, you can't resist the devil. But if you're not playing with the devil and you're submitted to God, he said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have authority. Luke 10, 19, he told his disciples, behold, I've given you all authority to trample all means all. To trample on, look, good job, Tracy. Behold, I give you the authority. She knows what my favorite scriptures are. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over what? All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. What is faith? Faith is looking at a scripture like that and said, Jesus, if you said it, it's true. And that is my confident expectation right there. If you said it, that is your, that's your framework. Is the word of God, not just believing for something that, that's not in the word. You take the word of God and you said, this is the victory that overcomes my, wor- my world, right? Amen. My world that I'm in is faith in God's word. Amen. You got to get his word. If you don't ever read his word, you're never going to have faith. Amen. You have a little bit of faith because you received Jesus. You heard someone preach, whether someone preached it to you, whether you hear it on an audio book or whether you read it yourself and say it out loud. That's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, not just Sunday morning, but thank God you're here. That's better than never being here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and your energy and your stamina comes in your body by eating and eating and eating the right things or you're going to die. But if you don't eat his word, you may die in another sense. You may die before your time because Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. He hates the child of light. He hates the child of God. It's not something that you have to be really afraid of, but you need to be on your guard. You have authority over him. He hates you. And the more you know, and the more you understand, and the more you know about who you are in Christ and your authority, he hates you even more because now you're taking that and you're spreading it to other people. And he wants to bring as many people as he can to hell in the grave with him. And you need to stand, you need to stand strong. Yes. And you need this word to be strong. Yes. 
Amen. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now, thanks be unto God, who always... always. What, what, what is that? Always means what? Always. always. Well, you're not going to get it this time. You may got it last time, but you're not going to get it this time. Do you know how many times the devil has said that to us? I said, look, sucker, I got it last time and I'm going to get it this time. Yeah, but you don't have enough faith this time. Well, then I am going to build my faith and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Well, you're not going to get it this time because, no, I am going to get it this time because thanks be unto God who will lead me into triumph. He will lead you how to win this battle. Okay, you made it off this battle. Now he's going to lead you how to triumph over this battle. Now, thanks be unto God. Is God a liar? No, he's not. I say it every day. Now, thanks be unto God who always leads me into triumph in Christ. And through this triumph, it diffuses the sweet-smelling fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Well, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's going on. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. It's none of your business. God always leads me into triumph. He did it for me before, and he'll do it for me again. I need to put that on my desk when I walk in my office. He did it before. He's going to do it again. Now, thanks be unto God. He always, sometimes, maybe, he always leads me into triumph, and he will lead you. So I had a situation where quite a few years ago, I needed to sell a home, my log cabin, our log cabin. I just needed to get rid of it. It was becoming a burden. And so I had a hard time. I had a hard time uh, drawing the picture in my mind that it would sell because of where it was. And I could tell you a lot of negative things about that. But then there were some positive things about it. And so I was... uh, Praying one morning, actually a night before, praying in the Spirit. If you're not sure what to do, pray in the Spirit. And God, the Holy Ghost, will give you an idea yeah. the next day Amen. or that night. Praise but God. He will. You, you, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. When you're confused, yeah. you pray the perfect will of God. When you can't see it yet, yes. pray in the Spirit yes. until He can paint that picture Amen. inside of Amen. you. Pray until you can get the picture yes. that you need to get. And so you use the word and the spirit. Amen. And so I woke up the next morning and he said to me, is this a good thing? I said, yes, it is. My husband's not happy with it. I'm having to go out and clean it. You know, we were Airbnb in it. People were wrecking it. Just stuff. And he's like, is this a good thing? And so I said, yes, it is. He said, go to Matthew 7. And that's where we're going. Matthew 7, we're talking about faith. Faith is confident expectation that what Jesus said, he'll bring to pass. If you don't have the skeleton of what Jesus said, you can't put any faith in that. Your faith is what fills in that skeleton. He said, this is what it is. Now you put your faith in it. Bartimaeus saw Jesus healing people. He started to see himself being healed now. He said, well, if if those blind people can be healed, then I can be healed. He started hearing about it. He started hearing the word went abroad and his fame went abroad and blind Bartimaeus didn't see it, but he saw it in his soul. Well, if they can get healed, why can't I get healed? That was him seeing, drawing on a confident expectation. If he does it for one, why can't he do it for me? And that's all he saw. And as he pushed and pushed and pushed, he's like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't trouble the master. 
No, Jesus, son of David. He kept getting louder and louder and louder. He didn't go, I'm so sorry. I'm bothering you guys in the street. I'm so embarrassed that I lifted my voice. You're too embarrassed for lifting your voices. Sometimes you need to lift your voice in your home when the devil's screaming and shouting lies and things in your head that are contrary to what Jesus said. You need to go, no, no, in Jesus' name. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. You have to say that. You can't be afraid of some person or some or whatever. Whatever. You need to lift your voice. And so... Jesus said, read seven, ask and it will be given to you. He said, did I tell you to ask? Yes, you did. Then it's given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone, and I'm part of everyone, I put my name in there. Everyone who asks receives. He said, what did I say in eight? He said, everyone who asks receives. So I'm receiving this right now. The economy was horrible. We just had a recession hit. Nobody, when recession hits, everybody closes their purse. Every, you know, in the natural. Everyone tightens up and goes, we don't move. They're frozen in time. They don't buy nothing except what they actually have to, like some beans and ham, you know. They just don't buy anything. Nothing. Nothing moves. Especially when it's all over the stock market. It's man-created. Doesn't matter. When the news says we're in a recession, we're in a recession. And everybody freezes, right? And so that was what was, was going on during this time. I'm like, man, how can I get that? I can't. There's nothing. Everything's for sale, but nobody wants. Nobody wants. And so he said, stop saying that. He said, ask me for what you want. And to him who knocks it will be open." Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread? Well, I have three sons. I have never given my kids bread, I mean stone, when they ask for bread. I have never given them a snake when they ask for fish. If you then be an evil, carnal, a natural person, not like God himself up in heaven who is the best of all, if you then be an evil, yeah, y'all can like maybe turn that AC up one degree warmer. Because I'm preaching them, I'm moving on, I'm still cold. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Even bad people give good gifts to your children on Christmas. Even bad people do good things for their kids because they like their kids or whatever. I mean, there are some people that are really bad and don't do it. But for the most part, he said, even if you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? And so those, those, it's just amazing what happens when you open your Bible. Those three words, how much more, jumped off the page at me. Amen. How much more? If you'll do this for your kids, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give a good thing to the, there is the word, good things. He said, is this a good thing? That's what the Holy Spirit does to you, when you and for you when you're praying in tongues. He's like, is this a good thing? Go to Matthew 7. And then it jumps off the page. How much more will your father, your heavenly father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? I know my earthly dad, if I really wanted something really bad, he, he, he would try to give it to me if he could. I know my husband, he would, if, if I really want something bad, he would try to give it to me if he could. He can't always, but Jesus can. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those? And then he said to me, it only takes one buyer. It only takes one buyer. You don't need a bunch of them looking at your house. You don't need all that. You tell them what you want. You put it out there. 
It only needs one buyer. From that, I knew I had received. I knew that 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 faith had dropped in me. Before, it was just like a hope. But then I knew that day, it dropped in me. I have it. And I saw the cabin sold. I saw a sign in papers. I saw it done. I saw it gone. It was so wonderful. And I started praising God two days later. Two days later. It's not that God is withholding from you. You have to get this inside of you. And there's a point when you make it and you read those words of faith that it'll drop faith in you. Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading until it drops in you. He said, my words are spirit in their life. Every time you read the word of God, it pumps spirit and life into you. It pumps life. Let it keep pumping life. Let it keep pumping life. And then build yourself up. Now you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. Jude verse 20. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Now you got something to build upon. If you don't ever read the Bible, you have nothing to build upon when you're praying in tongues. However, I will tell you this, that the Spirit of God is so wonderful and so merciful and so loving that if you do pray in the Holy Spirit and you don't know everything that's in that Bible, he will show you something and you'll probably end up asking him, where is that? And he'll take you to it. So he does have mercy on you. And so I saw the cabin sold. I saw me not having to go and work and clean it anymore. I saw my husband happy. I just saw all these things, and I I didn't let it go. Two days later, two or three days later, a realtor called me, and I had it listed myself, so I wouldn't, so all I had to pay was 3%, whoever brought to me. So um, a realtor called me and said, we have a client, and they're coming from New Jersey, and they have a log cabin in New Jersey, and they want to buy and move to Florida and buy a log cabin because they, they want to move everything that's log cabinish into their log cabin. They don't want to try to find new furniture. They want it to fit. They want it to match, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you are one of 14 houses they are looking at, wow. all the way from Tallahassee to Lake Placid, wow. Winter Haven area, Okay. And so he said, I'll let you know, probably going to be sometime next week. Call me next week at the beginning. And he said, we want to come over on this day. It was our anniversary. And we said, sure, we'll show them in the morning on the way to the beach. We're going to spend a night at the beach, have a happy anniversary. Hallelujah. They met us at the house. And when she walked in the house, and she wasn't a very talkative person. I found that out later. She's kind of quiet. But when she walked into my house, <clears throat> she and I didn't know that she had already seen 12 out of 14. I didn't know that. I thought she was like on the middle. She's going to go south. Going to come back to me. That's not what happened. She had already seen 12. I was 13. She had one more to see after me. And so she walked in the house in every room. She's like, wow. 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 And she was really happy. I'm like, I think she likes my house. So the husband walked outside in the backyard. My husband, my husband was finishing up building a big fire pit. He was halfway done. And he's like, I, you know, I didn't finish this. I'm going to finish it. He said, forget it. Don't finish it. Leave it just like it is. You know, when some random stranger tells you not to do something on your property, they've already bought your property. <laughs> it's just the way it is. They already see themselves living at the house. When they say, don't do that, don't do that, it, it's fine. Right. A person not interested wouldn't even say that. They just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they would move on down the road. And so the realtor said, I think they really like it. I'll call you later when I find out. At dinner, we're having lobster at the beach <laughs> and um, some of my favorite food, seafood. And the realtor calls us and says, they want it, and they want it for the price that you have it set at. 
and I ordered cheesecake to celebrate. <laughs> so I told the woman on the rail, on the rail outside, this big, big uh, balcony, she said, how much do you want for this? I said, you know what? I put this price here. This is what I want. I'm not going to play any games just because it's already low, but this is what I believe. And, and I could have probably believed for higher. I think she would have paid higher. But that's where my faith is. But sometimes you just have to go, well, where's my faith? But start somewhere. What can you believe God for? Start somewhere. And so I put that price out there, and I just said, don't dick her. I mean, it's so low, there's no reason. And I told her what we had in it, and she's like, wow. And she gave me full asking price. What I didn't know, and so I was the 13th house. She had one more house to look at. She never went and looked at the other house. It It was a couple miles down the road from me. She's like, nope, I don't need to look at that. I found what I wanted. So we signed the papers right here in the coffee shop. Whenever that was, it wasn't a coffee shop at the time. But we signed the papers, and God is good. And I learned years later, five years later, I learned that they had never sold their house in New Jersey. Well, in the natural, you know, you have all these things coming against you, like uh, this is recession, they need to sell their house first so they can have money to put down on your house. There's all these natural things that work. God, you don't need to know how God gets your miracle to you. It's not important. These are things that we understand and we know about in the natural, but when you start believing God for something, stop trying to figure out how he's going to finagle his miracle to you or your miracle to you. He just said, ask. He said, I'm just, I'm just telling you to ask. What do you want? And is it a good thing? And so now you can believe for it. And so I said, it's a good thing, and it's done. And it was done. One week later, all done. And it's not that God was holding back from me the six months before. I was having a hard time seeing that house sell because I knew bad things that were surrounding it, or I knew this negative thing in the economy. That's all I thought about. Well, if that's all you're going to think about, you will never be able to reach into that fourth dimension world and go, I'm going to take you at your word, no matter what I see, no matter what I see, no matter what the doctor said, I'm going to take you at your word. Jesus said, uh, the, uh, the Lord said in Exodus 23, 25, 15, 26, he's talking about, he says, he says the number, he says, I will if you'll, if you'll listen to me and do my commandments, I will take sickness from the midst of you. That's right. And the number of your days I will fulfill. That's right. You're not supposed to die at 60. That's right. You're not supposed That's to right. die at 50. You're not supposed to die at 70. He said the number of your days I will fulfill. What are the commandments? Oh, he also said no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Yes. If you're a woman and you're wanting to have a baby, just say, I have a baby. That's right. I have a baby in Jesus' name. Amen. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. I'm not Amen. saying that the doctor's lying. I'm just saying facts Amen. don't have to meet up with truth. That's right. Jesus is truth. That might be facts, but facts can always change and meet up with truth. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so I want you to go to this scripture here. Faith is obedience. As we go down... We see by faith, verse 4, uh, Hebrews eleven four. 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice to God than, than Cain. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed when she decided not to laugh that this was impossible. Amen. By faith, Enoch walked with God, and then he was not. It, by faith, it's obedience. 
What is it? It's simple obedience to what did God say? Whatever he said in the word, I will obey it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Not just faith scriptures, all scriptures. That's good. Yeah. Whatever he said, it says by faith, Abraham went out and left. He said, leave this place. Leave your mommy and your daddy and your, your relatives. <laughs> Get out of here and go to this place. Yeah. By faith, Abraham obeyed. He just trusted the word that God said. This is all this is. It's confident expectation and trust. Jesus said it, so it's true, and I'm going to believe it. And you're going to keep looking at it, and you're going to keep saying it until you do believe it. And you need to say it every day. I have this. And every day until that man called, I said, the house is sold. The law cabin is sold. I didn't have to say it very long. I've been saying it, though, for 30 days. I would walk out on that property and say, this cabin, you're sold. And everything in my brain would go, you're not going to sell. You're going to be an anchor in the boat for the rest of their life. You know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really believe it in my heart. But yet I kept saying it every day. You're sold. And then after I prayed in the spirit, the Lord said, is it a good thing? But you know what? You don't have to believe it yet in your heart. Just say something God said. You you need both. But go ahead and just start saying it. Mark 11, 23, 24. If you say to the mountain, be removed. If you say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. Yeah, I know that's there. But believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. Many times I just start saying what I want to see. Because it is in line with the word of God. And before you know it, I believe it. Before you know, I believe it. Well, I don't believe it yet, so I'm not going to say it. Well, you're never going to get it then. Because until you start saying it, many times when you say it, you'll start painting that picture in your mind. You need that picture. God imagined what he was making, and then he spoke it out. You need to imagine what you want and then speak it out. And the faith of God will drop in your heart. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. It only takes one scripture. People, it only takes one scripture. Say, Holy Spirit, give me one scripture that I can take as my own. I have many, but that's because I've been reading a lot of them. But one that I love and I speak almost every day, Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And I imagine the spirit of God going into hell and getting him up out of the throes of hell. The same spirit, verse 11, but if the same spirit, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ, that's a big deal, right? That's, that's a big deal. He who raised Christ from the dead will also, will also give life to your mortal bodies. The same spirit every morning, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in me, that same spirit, and he gives life and he quickens my mortal body. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. No, I'm not the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. He told me one year, he said, now you start saying over this situation that I strengthen every cell, every bone, every, every muscle, everything, and every uh, bodily function in your body. Just start saying it over every part of your body. And there was a certain couple parts of my body that I needed to say it over. And so I said, the Lord is strengthening right now every cell in this area. Amen. But he gave me a revelation of that just by me reading Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? We have a tendency to be afraid of that thing that keeps causing you trouble. And he said, read it out loud. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I don't fear you. And I would name it. I don't fear you in Jesus' name. It says the Lord is the strength of my life. I'm not afraid of you. The Lord is the strength of my life. He made me. He made me in his image. And I am well. And I am well. And I am well. I'm not not afraid of you. You foul devil, get off me in Jesus' name. Why? That's where faith comes. Faith comes from the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what it says. I I didn't write that down, but you need to find it. Google it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You're either going to hear me or pastor or whoever's in this pulpit or an audio book, or you're going to hear yourself. Open your mouth when you're reading your word. Open your mouth and that faith will continue to arise, 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 arise. Why do I know so many scriptures? Why does he know because we've been in fights. We've been in fights. We've been in a lot of fights. And so we've looked at something and we've looked at something and we've looked at something. And no, not everything came immediately. Not everything came immediately. And we went through a, we went through pain and we went through different things. And while we were in pain, we were saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm not afraid of you. Be anxious for nothing. Even when you're believing for healing or you're believing for anything, you have to read Philippians 4, 4 through 8 and say, be anxious for nothing. I am anxious for nothing because Jesus told me not to be. Now that's a word that he's wanting and expecting you to obey. Be anxious for nothing. Even in this sickness, even in this whatever you're dealing with, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, 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 by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we don't thank God enough. Let your requests be made known to God. So again, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I refuse to worry about this now. I refuse to worry. You know my request. I've already given it to you, and I receive it by faith. Amen. Thanks be unto God, who always leads us into triumph. Now, I want you to go to a verse we didn't go to in the first service. Go to Mark 9, and then we're going to go to um, James... Matthew 7, 24. We're going to go to Mark. Let's go to Mark. If you, if you, you, you need to go through your Bible and you need to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look, look at the yellow. Look at the orange. Orange and yellow is like a combination of faith. And then there's, um, then there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's, there's blue. Must have changed Bibles. There's blue for healing. You need to mark, you need to mark your Bible. Amen. So you can go... And find stuff quick. Mark 9 says, I don't know what verse. Mark 9. And when he came to the disciples, verse 14, he saw a great multitude around them, scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and ran to him, greeted him. He's like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. A father says, one of the crowds says, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He has epileptic seizures. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples. They, could, they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered them. He answered him. He's talking to the father. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. But he still brought him to him, right? He still wanted to help him. 
Then they brought him to, to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. Did you know sometimes at the right, the last second, something's, something's going to flare up in your life? Because the spirit, the spirit that, that, that wants control over that area, he wants to, like, just act out. Yeah. And you're going to stand strong and come out of me. You come out of me. You get off me in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid of some evil spirit acting out or someone doing something stupid. You stay on your faith. You stay on your faith. They did it in front of Jesus. They're going to do it in front of you. Why would you even, why would you be any higher or better than Jesus? You're not. He, that, that spirit just acted out. Normally you'd think, oh, it would like calm down and go, I'm getting ready to get cast out. I'm getting ready to get my, my butt beat. No, just like I'm going to act out. They're going to do it in front of you too. And he said, how long has this been happening? He's still, he's still wallowing and foaming at the mouth. He, th- this, this guy's acting out. This demon's acting out. And he looked at the father and said, how long has this been happening? He wasn't really in a real big hurry, was he? He's like, hey, what's been going on? While this guy's going, oh, 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 and everybody's freaking out. Like, if you've ever seen someone have an epileptic seizure, it is nasty. It, it is like, it'll freak you out and make you scared. <laughs> I had that happen to me when I was in Seven, 17, and I was working at Publix, and this cashier just had an epileptic seizure right in front of me. Like, it was like, whoa. And I was like, just starting to learn this stuff. I'm like, in the name of Jesus. I was just like, this is it. And she, she did calm down. You know, they provided help for her and, and got her out. But I was, I was still growing. I didn't go and lay my hands on her. And so he said, how long has this been happening? And the father said, well, he said, from childhood, often he's thrown them both in the fire and the water to destroy them. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Wow, what a saying to say to Jesus. But if you can, and Jesus turned it around. He wasn't upset. He said, if you can. The father said, if you can, Jesus. And Jesus said, if you can, Father. And that's what he's saying to you today. But if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And it says, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying it to it. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. He's like a big three-year-old baby. And convulsed him greatly, even more, and came out of him. And he became as one dead. So the people thought he was dead. So I'll stop there. Jesus is saying to you, not if I can. If you can, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Start painting a picture of what you want to believe. Now faith is the substance. You bring it from the fourth into the third by what you say and what you paint in your mind. Faith is the substance, but get a scripture for your case. Get a scripture for your case and say, I'm putting my faith. What are we singing? I put my faith in Jesus. Jesus what? Jesus' words. Find words that deal with your case and then start saying what Jesus said. So then go to um, Matthew 7, verse 24. And I, I, want, I want Justin to share just a dream that he had, which is really good. I'm not asking him to preach a sermon, but I love a dream that God gave him. And he, he did. He preached, a great, he preached a great sermon 
Wednesday night. So if you haven't seen it yet, go back on our YouTube, Word of Life Apopka, and click on it. I forgot what the name of it was, but it was this past Wednesday. Great, great sermon. But I wanted you guys to hear this dream, Matthew 7, 24. I hope I'm in the right place. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, so you come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, and you hear the word being preached. But it's not enough to hear it. You need to do it. You need to do it. And that's, that's one of pastor's things he talks about all the time. You've got to do it for it to be able to work. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock or a firm foundation. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Anything that you're going through in your life right now, if you will hear the word of God and just do what you hear. That doesn't mean you have to know everything, but whatever you do hear, now God's holding you responsible for it. If you hear the word of God, now do it. If you don't do it, it has no effect for you. It does you no good. And so the Bible says that he likens you to a wise man or a wise woman who built your house on a firm foundation, on concrete slab, hopefully with rock underneath even that. I don't think it's a good idea for you to build your house at the beach. It's very sandy. You know, you're going to have to do a lot of things to do reinforcement on that. But he said, if you hear my word, a lot of people hear your word, and you don't do them, then I will liken him to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the winds came, and they beat, they blew on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. If you don't do the word that you hear, you will fall. You will fall. You You will fail. He won't fail, but you will fail. And so we want you this morning, or I want you, put your pressure on the word of God. Don't put your pressure on people. You've got to do this for me. My expectation is on you. Get your expectation off human beings. Get them on Jesus and say, this is what I'm expecting from you, Jesus. And I'm going to put the pressure on the word. I am not going to hold this person accountable. They got to do this for me. No, they don't. And they may not. But if you put the pressure on the word, he's going to do something for you in your life. And it's going to be far much better than the pressure you was putting on, you know, Jane, Jack, or Joe, right? Okay. So how many of you, the Bible says in, in, in Hebrews 11, I didn't read this, but I'm going to read it. And then, Justin, I want you to go ahead and come up, turn your mic on. Maybe uh, Tracy or, or Osell can unmute that. Maybe it's already been unmuted. All right. So Justin's going to uh, tell you a dream he had, which was so sure. awesome. You are the rewarder. So what did God say? I'm taking you back to Hebrews 11. It says, verse 6, but without faith. Do you have faith? Yes, you do, because you got it the day you were born again. He gave it to you. He gave you even the faith so you could say yes. By faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, number one, that he is, that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so diligently seeking, yes, Sunday morning and Wednesday night is a part of that, but every day is diligently seeking him and seeking what his words say and wanting to live by those words. When you live by his words, you are living out of faith. Amen. Amen. You're saying, God, you said this, and I count this as true. 
and that's the way it shall be in my life. And you start thanking and praising him and saying the same thing that God says. Amen. And you can finish up. Amen. 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 What a wonderful family of preachers. What she said with faith, Hebrews chapter 11, the Lord showed me the other night, a couple, maybe a week ago, I had a dream, and the Lord, uh, Wednesday night, I showed how big the universe was through all the videos. It just went on forever and forever and 190 million light years, and it, you know, for eternity, you could go from one end, they don't even know how big it is. Galaxies on galaxies, one little one-inch photo, there was 150,000 galaxies, and a galaxy you know, has many planets in it, and so... I was in a dream and I'm riding on a spaceship and through space from one planet to the other and uh, I felt this in my heart, I want you to jump out of the spaceship and I thought, and I can remember it as clear as day and I said, no, you will die out in space. You can't breathe, there's no oxygen, it's impossible. And I heard this in my spirit, I remember as clear as day as I'm sitting on it, jump. I said, how? By faith. I don't know what this voice is, and, I'm, and I, don't, I don't know you're in a dream. So I jumped out, and I floated, and I thought, wow, I'm not dead. Amen. <laughs> and I said, how is this happening? He said, by faith. So he said, the ship's leaving, follow it. I said, how? He said, you have to believe, be fully convinced. What does it say in uh, Hebrews or Romans 4, 20? He did not waver the promise of Abraham. He was not weak in faith, did not consider his own body. Not consider what? Circumstances, not considering things around you. Already dead, since about the, he already considered it dead, the deadest of Sarah's womb did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but he was what? Strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he promised, he is able to perform it. Are you fully convinced that God could hold you? Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, God is waiting for a man to step out in the void with nothing but the word of God under his feet and act in faith. And so that was kind of, and then I'm sitting out in space and the Lord's, and some, I didn't know it was the Lord at the time because you're dreaming. And he said, follow it. And I said, I can't, I can't fly. He said, it's by faith, you'll move. We move and have our being through him. So I started to move and I thought, I'm believing. I'm like, I'm believing that I can do this. Oh wow, this is actually happening. He said, do you believe you can outrun the ship? I said, no way, that thing's fast. He said, by faith, you'll outrun it. I mean, come on, how many times in the Bible where you have uh, the, 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 the runners, uh, people that are acting in faith, David running at Goliath by faith, uh, Elijah, oh, Elijah outran the chariot. I mean, he pulled up his, he said, there's cloud, there's gonna be rain, the prophet from the Lord, the chariot takes off and Elijah pulls up his thing and he just takes off and he outruns it. That's Old Testament. So he's moving quicker than the chariot. Imagine being on a chariot as the king and you just see this guy go, woo. <laughs> I would be, I'd be thinking that I was on drugs or something. So, but what, that's a good, good reference. It was by faith that Elijah was moving. He outran the chariot. He said, there will be rain. And he ran towards the cloud. And as he ran, the cloud began to expand. And rain came and there was a drought in the land. And so, um, he, so I started to outrun the spaceship. And then my faith caused other people to jump out and do the same thing. So David's mighty men were strengthened because David walked in and strengthened them. They said that they had the same spirit of faith. One chapter, they were broke, discontent, in debt. First Chronicles 29, now they're the richest of the land, giving out millions of dollars for the temple of Jerusalem. So faith actually causes you to strengthen other people around you and them to follow with the same spirit. So then he said to me, do you believe that you can shorten the gap between the planets? And I said, that's impossible. He said, by faith. 
I said, okay, well, I believe that this will go quicker than however long this is supposed to take. It'll be a, a short work. Boom, we were there by faith. Where is that in the Bible? Jesus takes a shortcut on the water, walks out to the boat by faith, walking on the water. Um, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to them. Then he was led to the Ethiopian eunuch, baptized him, showed him the words of Isaiah. As soon as he baptized him in the water, boom, he was in another city. What did the king Ahab say to Elijah? Or no, the king's servant say to him? He said in one translation, King James, he says, you come with me today to see King Ahab. I don't know if you'll be here or there or the spirit of the Lord will whisk you away. Elijah. So they, uh, when Elijah was taken up, what did the prophet say? Oh, he's not gone. He's probably on this mountain or that mountain. They've seen it before. So how did they know that Elijah could be on any mountain? Because it's happened before. Elijah would just disappear. I don't know how it works, but I guess it works by faith. And so I'm sure that like there's, there was traveling back then. The Lord said, we're going to speed some things up. After, um, I believe that, I don't know if when he ate the cake from the angel, it strengthened him to make it the journey all the way back. And I think he even made it quickly. So faith can shorten the amount of time that it takes you in life. You know, it doesn't need to take you 20 years to get to something. It doesn't need to take you 10 years. It can happen just in a few short years where the Lord, you begin to believe God. Abraham was, did not waver with unbelief at the promise of God. So therefore, that, that even his time gap and his distance of his, the deadness of the body begin to work. Faith, so he says that what? Hebrews 11, he upholds the world. Hebrews 1, he upholds the world by the word of his power. But by faith, the worlds were framed. So the, all the planets exist and are held up. There's a big gravitational pull in our solar system that's keeping everything together, and they don't know why the gravitational is holding it all together. It's by faith. It's by the word of his power. God's upholding it. He said to the waters, you'll go this far in the book of Psalms, and you'll stop. You will not extend that, but it's by the word of his power. It's by faith. God's a faith God. He's in heaven by faith. He's made the worlds by faith. He's existing by faith. And you only please him by what? By faith. So what do you believe? It says Abraham was fully convinced, fully persuaded. What are you pers- persuaded? Are you more persuaded on the negative? What's coming? Bills, this and that. Or are you more persuaded on what did God say in his word? And so that was something when I woke up, he said, I will show you where all this is in the word. That way you don't think that you're just crazy and that this is just a goofy little dream. Why can't God take you through the universe? He made it. Bill Wee says when he died and went to hell, the uh, 23 minutes in hell, he actually said that on his way back, Jesus took him and showed him the planets because he said he liked them. So what is all that stuff out there for? Just so the, the NASA can look through some big telescope and they can see it? Elon Musk can go to Mars and walk around with his little spaceship? Or was that made for us? It was made for us, the stars, God makes them. So by faith, by faith, by faith, all these people. So faith is just you're fully persuaded, you're fully convinced of what did God tell you that you're allowed to have? What did he say? So you're either convinced, if Satan can get you out of the realm of faith, he'll get you off the plan of God for your life. That's why he attacks your mind. That's why he attacks the the areas of your life where where it's always in a mental battle. Yesterday, I talked to so many guys. I want to be free, but I, I, I just make bad decisions. I'm struggling in my mind. I'm struggling to make the right. Satan, that's where he attacks because that's where their faith is. Once they hear the word of God, they can change. Once they continue in the word of God, they're transformed to a whole new person. But if they get out of that, their faith moves in the opposite direction into fear. They, they steal. They do all the crimes. They do it based off of fear, not by, in faith. Not that God's going to provide for them, but they're going to provide for themselves. And so our faith is that God is able to do exceedingly above 
above anything we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is able. He said in, in the Old Testament, the fight does not belong to you. The battle belongs to the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 20. Come on. The battle is not your battle. The fight is not your fight. The fight, you will not have to fight this fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. So we wake up in the morning rejoicing, Lord, today it's going to be a good fight of faith. My job is to stay in faith, to say, stay that you're taking care of me, you're providing for me, you're taking care of my family, the finances, the money will come. My job is to worship and praise you. The battle is yours, Heavenly Father. Your word is true. Come on, I'm a giver, I'm a sower, I'm a tither. Satan's not pulling me off my destiny and what he's called me to do. My job is to stay happy. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you're in a faith fight, get happy. The toughest fighters in the UCF are mean and angry looking. They're the baddest because they want to intimidate and scare. But God said the exact opposite. The toughest fighters in the Bible are those who are rejoicing. They're going praising and worshiping. So if I see you praising, you just might be the toughest fighter in the church because you're rejoicing and worshiping God. You might be the biggest fighter. God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you're rejoicing, you just might be the toughest fighter. You just might be the baddest fighter out there. God says, I don't care about intimidation. I care about who's worshiping and rejoicing me, and then I'm going to go fight for him. So if you're going through a faith fight, get happy. Come on. Praise. You're just praising the Lord. Glory to God. Well, if you don't know Jesus, you should. Yesterday, I had to convince one guy at the very end. I had two minutes to tell him about Jesus because he did not want to pray the prayer of salvation, even though he was in the tub. I said, brother, why are you here? You are in the tub. I said, repeat this prayer after me. He wouldn't say a word. I said, so if you're in the tub, what are you doing? I'm baptizing you into Jesus. Romans chapter 5. If you've never read Romans chapter 5, that is the only chapter you need to get somebody born again. One man's offense, one man, Adam. Death reigned through the one. Many men, all men died. But he says, but one man's righteous act, because of the gift of grace, many men will be made righteous. So because of the law that made one man, the law that one person died could kill every man, God said that same law, one man can make every person come alive again. So I looked at him and I said, I'm going to bury you in this tub and your past is going to go in the water into Jesus and I'm going to raise you up. Do you want that? Do you want to raise up with Jesus to new life? Do you want to be born again, a new creation in Christ? Do you want your past to be gone? Or do you want to stay dead in sin? He just said, I said, pray this after me. So he started praying. Lord, I thank you that, that, um, I thank you that Jesus died for me on the cross, took my sin, took my place. I make you Lord, make you master. Thank you. Amen. Boom. Up. I said, welcome to the kingdom of God. You have a brand new life. You're a new creature. I'll see you later. I love you, brother. <laughs> it has to be easy. Why is, it, I, why is it so hard? That's all I pray with him. Jesus, you died for me on the cross. I make you Lord. You took my place. I call you master. Boom. Dunk him, sunk him into the next one. 84, actually, David said. 84 times. So if you've never made Jesus Lord, it's as easy as saying, Jesus I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from me. I confess you with my mouth as Lord. If you've never done that, I want you to grab an altar worker or just say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you died for me. You rose from me. You took my place on that cross so I wouldn't have to go. I call you Lord. 
I call you master in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, come up and tell somebody you are now born again. And for the rest of you, that is a good prayer to get somebody born again. It's very easy to get somebody born again. I had to do very little convincing yesterday on almost 80-something people. There's a few guys I had to talk to. But it was very easy because people are hungry right now. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to be born again? Pray this after me. It's what Romans 10 says. So if you need prayer for anything else, come up. Keep pastoring your prayers. You know his birthday's coming up. Don't miss it if you've reserved. If you haven't reserved, I think that the list is full. It's closed. You missed, you missed the bridegroom of Christ. You got to go to wait till he's 80. You can still give online. You can give online a pastor. Thank you for your generous gifts to him. Come up if you need prayer. Come up if you prayed that prayer and let somebody know and let us pray with you again. We love you. We will see you Wednesday or Sunday. And we bless you, Lord. We bless them in Jesus' name as they go out. Bless their finances and we release them and we love them. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.